Earlier today in the city of Rome, uh, at the Vatican, a Mass was celebrated in which Teresa of Calcutta, known as Mother Teresa, was declared a saint of the Church. It's a very special day for the Church when we make a new saint, and Teresa, Mother Teresa is certainly one of the best examples, I think, um, especially for the Gospel today, of one who heard the call of God, picked up her cross, and followed Christ. Teresa was born in 1910 in uh, Yugoslavia at the time and had a very ordinary childhood, if you really look at her story, with the exception of perhaps that her father died when she was age seven and her mother continued to raise her up until around age 18. It was only around age 18 that she started to hear this call to pursue missionary life. I think... Earlier in her life, she had had a fascination with the missionary works that were happening throughout the world. And her biography says that she was able to identify on the map of the world different countries and who was working there and what they were doing. So she did have that interest. But that interest finally turned into her call. She began her religious life with the Sisters of Loreto, who were based in Dublin, Ireland. So the very first six weeks of her religious life, she had to go to Ireland and learn English in a very short time before she was sent off to teach in India. When she arrived in India, interestingly enough, her work didn't begin right away in the slums of Calcutta. As a sister of Loretta, she was assigned to be a teacher, and she was teaching in very typical Catholic schools, uh, probably with some of the wealthier people of uh, India uh, as students. But it was in this time that she uh, experienced the call. And thanks be to God, she pursued that call. Uh, One day as she was riding on a train, God called her to give up everything she had, even the little bit that she had in this religious order of uh, Loreto, and go into the slums of Calcutta. So she went, she took a nursing program, very briefly, to learn some nursing skills. And then she went humbly enough, into the streets, away from the safety of her convent, and began her simple ministry as a person of one. Living on the streets, she did what she knew how she could. She did what she could. She began to teach the children with what she had. She began to teach them how to read and write, writing in the dirt of the street. No chalkboards, no classroom but simply out there one-on-one. And, of course, we know much of the rest of the story. She wasn't alone for long. Her choice to follow Christ's call inspired others and continues to inspire others today. I think we need to keep her example in mind when we hear the challenging words that Jesus gives us in the gospel that no one who loves mother or father more than me, is worthy of me, to follow me. He even uses the word in English, the English translation, no one who doesn't hate their mother and father more than me uh, is not worthy to follow me. It's a kind of a bizarre word and a strange way of putting it. But what that's really saying is Jesus doesn't want just half of our life. He wants the whole of our life 
like Mother Teresa, so that the whole of our life can become, with Christ, an offering that is full of love and that fully attracts others to Christ and to God. To give up all of one's possessions, to become a disciple of Christ, ultimately reflects the call to become the offering that we celebrate, even here in the liturgy. We can't do this alone. Mother Teresa didn't do it alone. She did it with Christ's help. But it is Christ, nonetheless, who is before us always on the way that he calls us to. He is the first offering that precedes us and our own offering, and the offering into which our lives must be folded or sifted like wheat, blended together and then baked in the oven of charity on trial as we try to give our lives away as best we can. So how do we get Christ's help? How does he become part of our lives? The church believes, first and foremost, that we become part of Christ's life through baptism. In a very true and real sense, the Holy Spirit is given to us, even while we're still young, if we were baptized as infants. The Holy Spirit is given to us through the life of the church. We become part of the body of Christ, and the, and the Spirit of Christ dwells within us. This is not what many may typically think of as sort of the Spirit of uh, Spirit leading us into particular desires or feelings that we might have. It's not that kind of a Spirit. It's the very real Spirit of Christ's body touching us, making us one with himself. And that happens for us through the waters of baptism. The Holy Spirit continues to nourish us and to lead and guide us in a very real and true way in the Eucharist. Christ's sacrifice poured out, the one sacrifice of all time, which we participate in in each and every celebration of Eucharist, is Christ's thanksgiving to God. And in participating in this thanksgiving, we experience again the Holy Spirit, calling us to become what we celebrate, the very person of Christ. But why must it be everything? Why must we give everything to Christ? Some might even say, in those words of hating mother or father, that they contradict the Ten Commandments. Is there a discrepancy there? No. For if we become Christ through the means that he gives us, namely through this sacramental life, our love will be purified and we will, we will then honor our parents with an authentic love of Christ. You see, Jesus fulfills the Ten Commandments fully, and if we become united more fully with him, we see growth in the virtues which never contradict but fulfill the love for God and neighbor expressed in the Ten Commandments. So Jesus, rather than leading us into some perverse hatred of mom and dad, is leading us into an authentic way of loving them, but a way that invites a full sacrifice of our life to be one with him so that our love might be purified. This might challenge us, then, to look at our life in comparison with Christ. 
and less perhaps in comparison with other people. We might be challenged to look at the ways in which we're living, the beliefs that we have, and compare those to the life of Christ and see if there's any contradiction in our own life compared to life of Christ. Jesus became man in the flesh, and he suffered and died to offer himself to God the Father in expiation for the sins of mankind. And he did so freely and fully united to the will of his Father so that we have this example, so that when we examine our life to Christ, it shouldn't be shame that holds us back, but a desire to continue to love that leads us forward. This constant examination of a personal basis leads to some natural effects. We may be challenged to change our life, to change our thinking, to do things perhaps we never even thought of. Again, think of St. Teresa. She had a comfortable life as a nun. She was doing what she loved. But God challenged her beyond that comfort level to go beyond herself and to become something even more more like Christ in her own self-offering. The gospel of Jesus Christ also can lead us at times to challenge others. And we may even be in conflict with others because of our desire and efforts to love Christ more fully. But we shouldn't be afraid of challenges. See, the gospel is not simply about making things neutral in the world about just living in tolerance of each other without getting into conflicts. Now, the gospel is inviting us to conversion and inviting us to invite others to the conversion of life with Christ. That's not a neutral endeavor. It doesn't just stop when I'm comfortable with my faith. Because if I'm just comfortable with my faith and not sharing it with others, not living it boldly and courageously, then it's not really the full offering that Christ has called us to. We're challenged to be Christ in this world, and Christ was a person of challenge for others. We should never run away from that challenge. So what is the work that you and I are called to do? Mother Teresa certainly had her call, and it took her to a very specific place in the world, Calcutta. And she laid her life down there, but from there you can see that her love blossomed into a great thing. Today there's over 4,500 sisters in Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity. And they exist in almost every country in the world where the poverty is great, where people have been cast aside. But for us, who maybe cannot travel to Calcutta, What is our call here in the city of Akron, in the parish of St. Sebastian? Well, we need to keep our hearts open to God's call. And if we're giving ourselves maybe perhaps too lenient of a way forward, perhaps we need to hear that call as a challenge to look more intently at the needs of those around us. Certainly our city is a city of great need as well. Just reading the newspaper this week, 
uh, was inspired to see how the city is apparently coming together to address the heroin addiction epidemic that's not only in our state but all over the country. But these are things that people are taking up in conversation, and hopefully those conversations lead to good action. And we, as a faith community, dedicated as we are to Christ and loving people in their greatest needs, should certainly be a part of those efforts. Certainly that's just one way of many. We can live out our faith here in our own place and time. So Jesus calls for an offering of life, an offering of life that he first lays before us in his offering to his Father, an offering of life in which he invites us to participate in through the very strength of his example. May we take up his life and be bold and courageous in our own call, the call of Christ to love God and to love one another.